Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Sclafani. And today I'm joined by Kayla Comparetto, who is the owner and founder of Peak Nutrition and Fitness. So thanks, Kayla, for coming back on. I know you're a repeat guest. So thanks again for, for hopping on a second time for round two. Yeah, this is awesome. A lot has changed since the first time. Yeah. So just to kind of give a quick recap, the last time you were actually our very first interview for Tideline Talks over... Almost 18 months ago, mm-hmm. um, you were the very first interview. We had done a few <laughs> monologues, but you were the first person that we had done, like brought on a second person onto the mic. So when you came aboard uh, the first time, you were still a coach at a CrossFit gym um, full time. And yeah. you were talking a lot about your experience uh, in the past with the Marines, with just kind of how you got into fitness in general, things like that. Um, would you like to just give a quick recap, like a couple couple sentence or paragraph kind of summary about your background just as a quick little refresh yeah so uh growing up track and field made it state volleyball all the way still six two (laughs) that hasn't changed um so you know athletics have been my strong suit it's what i'm interested in so i just stuck with it and then academically though school just wasn't my thing so when I got out I was like oh I want to get out of Minnesota so joined the Marine Corps met my husband who I have two beautiful children with now and you know started managing a CrossFit gym in Virginia moved to Florida because who wouldn't move to Florida if they had the opportunity and then worked for Josh at CrossFit Lena And then back then I was homeschooling this year. My kids decided to do school. So I decided to take on something that's mine while they were in school. And so I quit CrossFit, went to personal training to work with their school hours and took on my own company and started doing nutrition and fitness, but only under my name rather than just picking and grabbing in the gym when I felt like it. So yeah, a lot has changed. A lot has been learned since the, I can't believe it was the first one for 18 months ago. I mean, yeah, back then I was like guru CrossFit and now I'm just like guru nutrition and fitness, anything. Um, Let's talk about that. So, um, cause I've, me personally, I've kind of had a, I don't want to say exodus, but we've had kind of a pivot, I guess, if you say from yeah. being full-time CrossFit, like you said, where you're drinking the Kool-Aid and this is not a bash on CrossFit because I think that The thing that CrossFit does the best is to bring people together. Mm -hmm. I think the community is, you know, especially when you join a gym, you're involved in the gym, things like that. Uh, They do a really good job of bringing a whole bunch of people of all different walks of life under one building, one community. So definitely not a not a knock on CrossFit at all. But tell us a little bit about um, kind of what the shift has been like what's it like to go from metcons olympic weightlifting heavy style strength movements to i guess more of a commercial gym globo gym bro style lifting can you speak a little bit about that yeah so truly i still love crossfit i love the intensity i love the people i love the community but there's just something about being able to go into a gym and do your own thing nobody's talking to you 
Nobody's like relaying what you're supposed to do. You, you follow a program and honestly, you got to dig, you got to dig deeper because no one there is there telling you what to do. And honestly, that's why I stay in CrossFit a little bit because on those days where I'm like, dude, I just don't feel like it. I'll go in and I'll do hit a CrossFit class and then I'll get those endorphins and then I'll go do my own thing in another gym. But, uh, really the switch wasn't anything to do with the sport in general, other than honestly, when, when you're doing things so intensely, so fast, a lot can kind of go wrong. And I'm very like, I'm big headed. So when I would do a CrossFit workout, I would just, just go, just go, 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 and not pay attention to the fundaments of the movements entirely. I was one of those people. And so instead of working on the not sexy stuff, like the small muscles and the, the slow, steady movements and hitting each part, I was getting hurt and it wasn't CrossFit. It was me. It was me not warming up right. It was me not training the right muscles. It was me not doing accessory work. And so when I moved into Globo, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is hard. This is, this is just as hard. Um, if not worse, because you you're focused and you're isolated and you have to train those muscles that we don't train in CrossFit. It's, it's slam and go. And so it was, it was really eye opening for me because now when I go do CrossFit, the endurance part is definitely not near where it used <laughs> to be, but the strength, like everything is so much cleaner and it's like, well, what the heck? Like maybe if I could have done both, but then again, now you're just spending endless hours in the gym. That is unnecessary. It's fun time, but owning a business, having kids and running a family and working full time, you're not allowed to be in the gym for three hours a day. It's just not possible unless it's just not good. No. <laughs> no, but you bring up so many good points in that. And I want to kind of unpackage that. So the first thing you brought up is the unsexy part that we don't work on. And it's so funny because so I did CrossFit for 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And bear in mind everything. So for our listeners who are listening to Kayla talk, Kayla has been in the sport for a very long time. She was a level two coach. She was very heavily involved at the CrossFit gym that she was at in Virginia, and she was a full-time coach at CrossFit Lena too. So this is not like a casual CrossFit athlete or a casual gym goer. This is like somebody that was deep entrenched in the sport of CrossFit. So, you know, to hear some of this perspective, it's not a surface scratch level surface uh, perspective. This is like from the deep bellows of the CrossFit world, what are some things that um, that were either missing or maybe lackluster in some of the programming, the sport in general, things like that. And so I think that the unsexy part, I think that is very true. I will say that, you know, when we think about, let's just take shoulders, for example, mm -hmm. how much more fun is it to go to a CrossFit gym and to hit heavy split jerks versus hitting lateral raises on a cable? You hit lateral raises on a cable, you're working with like the most yeah. minute little weights. Like my max split jerk is just under 300 pounds. And it's like, I'm using cable lateral raises and I'm going with like one or two little like seven and a half pound plates. Yeah. Like it is humbling, right? Yeah. And it is so different to do that. It is not sexy to sit there and do cable lateral raises. Also, when we go into CrossFit, we have people watching us and they're mm -hmm. like, when you hit those heavy weights and you do those cool things, everyone's like, yeah. And you get that like, Oh, I'm the shit feeling right mm -hmm. when you're in a globo gym and you're doing like tempo work and you're just dying. Nobody is there being like, wow, that is so cool. So like you, you don't get that anymore. No, you, there's no fandom. No, like the, I mean, you may have like, I don't know you, when you work out in a tank, I'm sure, you know, you're a yeah. tall 
female who's crushing weight, you're going to get, I would say, attention. I don't know if it's fandom, but you're going to definitely yeah. get attention. But for most people, no. Like you do tempo work, you do pyramid sets, you do drop sets, you do whatever. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Like they're just, they're also listening to the same shitty music in their own headphones yeah. and they're just going. Like there is no, like, there's no cheering. There's no, I mean, look at, we just finished the open too. Like, yeah. I mean, there is nothing like Friday Night Lights at the open that occurs at LA Fitness Crunch EOS or any of those as well. It's also funny, like, so CrossFit has taken fitness to another level, right? They have taken something and made like muscle ups are sexy, handstand push ups are sexy, handstand walks are sexy. Are they necessary for fitness? No. So, like, ultimately with global and bodybuilding, you'll hear from like these top people that like the basics are what get it done. Like you don't need to be doing X, Y, and Z and all these like crazy movements to get fit. But everybody's like, oh, I want to do that or I can do that. And that will mean that I'm fit. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Like right? <laughs> that has nothing to do with your fitness level, like skill level. Yeah. But fitness and health and everything going on inside. Technically, most people it's more detrimental to because they're so excited about getting that movement that's not good for them that they haven't trained for properly or like me didn't do the accessory work required to not get hurt. Then you're at a loss and you're not even fitnessing anymore. Oh, 100%. Like, um, yeah, but that honestly, I would never blame the sport. I would blame the athlete. Mm -hmm. And I will be the first to say I'm not disciplined enough for CrossFit 24-7 like I used to do. Because I just kept getting hurt and it was my own fault. And so if I'm going to use my time, I'm going to use my time building muscle, getting gains and leaving the gym. And so that's what I do now outside of CrossFit. I was very fortunate. I did CrossFit for 10 years and I had one small injury over the course of 10 years. And I mean, that's me board certified in sports medicine, too. Like, I yeah. mean, I, I do this for a living. And yeah, I mean, I agree. It wasn't for me, it wasn't even an injury thing. It was more of like, just I needed a different variety. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of talked about that earlier. Like, you do all these things that are really cool and sexy. And it's kind of like when you first start CrossFit, you're like, oh, man, I'd love to be able to do a kipping pull up. Then you get a kipping pull up. I'd love to be able to do a butterfly pull up. Then you get that. And you start to go through all these progressions. And then at some point, it's kind of like you've unlocked all these levels that all you're doing is just getting better mm -hmm. at the same things that you thought were super sexy on day one. Yep. And um, and then you realize you're like, okay, cool. I've spent the last 10 years getting, you know, sets of ring uh, muscle ups unbroken, you know, doing bar muscle ups. Uh, now I need to work on my engine and now I need to work on this. And you kind of create this own CrossFit like player profile that has yeah. all these different categories in there. But then I think, you know, you just kind of need to break from it. You need to break from just the sport. You can't do anything, I think, for 10 years consistently and then not be able to have like a mental break for it. And it's just different. I feel like people also don't pay attention to what other people do outside of class. Yes. So like they'll go to a class and they'll be like, why am I not getting better? Why am I not getting better? Why is this person getting better than me? And they're not paying attention to these people aren't only doing class games. Athletes don't go to a CrossFit class. Like these competitors don't only train in class. Like they are doing the extra work outside of a class and a lot of class. It's how it's set up. It's a community driven thing. And so there is a lot of, downtime of talking and chatting and things don't get placed properly in time to where you have to work on extra stuff outside of class to get these things. 
And so now you're pushing past that hour and a lot of people don't have that. And so there's multiple different things, pluses and minuses to other things. If you're like, nope, I just want to be average. I just want someone to push me in a workout and I just want to get it in and done. And I want to do CrossFit. Good. Well, that's where you're going to stay unless you do X, Y, and Z after. Like if you're like, I want to be a games athlete. I want to compete. I want to do this. I want to do that. You can do class. Yes. But you have to do more. It's going to require more unless you're just like an alien and you're just naturally really good at everything. So ultimately, like I love competing. It's not something that I wanted to train for anymore. My next competition will be in August on a stage wellness. Um, now that there's a new category for ladies with big old legs, um, I'm in. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that then. So, cause yes, absolutely. This is not a knock on CrossFit, but you're hundred percent right. There is so much in order to level up, you have to put in the work to be able yeah. to level up your body. Right. Yeah. But now that you sort of pivoted from the CrossFit world into, I guess, more of the physique world, and we'll mm-hmm. call it, uh, tell us a little bit about this upcoming competition that you have, uh, in August. Oh, <sighs> I'm scared. I'm terrified. Why are you scared? And never have I ever. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, I talk about and then I like go into little things because it's a big thing to me. Like getting on stage in a swimsuit, one, I'm not very girly. So like having sparkles on and heels to me is like, whoa. <laughs> Real quick, back up. What, are, what is the competition for those who don't know? Okay, so... It's wellness. It's a new category in the uh, figure. Like there's bodybuilding, there's bikini, there's fitness and wellness now. Wellness, you're able to still keep the physique of like bigger legs. So they're looking for your hamstrings. They're looking for your quads. They're looking for that. And they're looking for like more defined muscle tone, but not like that lean, just like just shredded, like more of the athletic look. And so that was one of my biggest things with competing is with bikini and stuff like that. You can't have traps. You can't have lats. They just want this skinny, petite, little, slightly muscular model. And my body wouldn't look like that if I tried because I trained for so long. I would literally, I don't even know how I would make that happen. Um, And then also like the bigger legs. I will always in my life have bigger legs. That's just how my body is made. Um, and so now that this is actually in a category where that's a plus, I'm like, why the hell not? Let's go. Um, yeah. So that's August 12th in Orlando. Now, will this be the same posing and everything like that that's yep. more akin to uh figure and bikini or is there going to be in fitness, there's a gymnastics and, uh, I guess aerobics or acrobatics mm-hmm. routine. Is there an, a routine at all or is it more posing like the, traditional physique competitors no it's posing Posing. like yep so the fitness because i could never do fitness because they'll hit mobility and they'll hit gymnastics and they'll hit like that type of thing i don't have any of that so like because i looked into that one and i'm like i'm super strong but that doesn't matter no it doesn't (laughs) nobody's gonna go up there and be like uh kayla comparato what is your one rep max clean please uh okay great that's great thank you very much yeah no they don't care about that um so yeah i got I got my work and it's, it's a ways out. I would be kind of dumb to start training right now. So right now I'm just in a maintenance mm-hmm. until I hit about like the 16 week mark. And then, then we go. It is, it was very, I did one bodybuilding show Yeah. and it is very, 
it was just different. It's sort of like uh, you take something that's more of a hobby. You mm-hmm. know, you you kind of like you're like me, kind of like a gym rat. You enjoy going. It's your your me time. It's all the all the things that go into that. And then now you're like, okay, well, what can I do to make this from a hobby into like an activity, right? And mm-hmm. now you're like, oh, I know. I'll step out on stage in a swimsuit, right? Yeah. And I did bodybuilding. I didn't do like the board short thing. I did like the full speedo thing. And it was, I did not enjoy it. But that was me personally. No way. And oh. uh, yeah, this was, this was uh, between college and grad school. Okay. And uh, yeah, did not, did not enjoy it. I thought it would be fun because I was like, well, I really like going to the gym. Like, what's mm-hmm. the next level besides just doing the same routine over and over again, right? Yeah. Which, you know, it was, don't get me wrong, it was a very good experience because it, it put things in perspective and it forced me after the competition to be able to discern what is it do I really like about the gym and what do I not like about like the bodybuilding world? And it helped to give me a little bit more clarity. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of went right back into rugby after that. And was like, well, screw that. Screw physique. I'm going to go back into sport. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. So how are you, I kind of did the same thing. I did, um, I kind of trained and started to have a maintenance phase. And then at about 16 weeks, I entered that contest prep stage. Um, are you going to be doing everything yourself as far as the contest prep? Okay. You're going to outsource a coach and hire a coach? I would 100% say even being a coach, if you, every coach should have a coach because if you just go based off of what you think you're going to get, you're not going to get the results that you would get, have someone else from the outside. It's just like being in the game. When you're in the game, you're paying attention to the game. You can't see from the outside what's going on on the inside. That's why there's a coach there. So in any sport, anything like this, I would say always hire a coach, even me, like, I'm not big headed enough to think that I can do this on my own. So no, I will be searching for a coach. I think I have an idea of who I'm going to go with, but I'm not entirely sure yet. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the hard. Plot thickens. It's it, so hard. It's hard to find somebody you trust. And I feel like, um, well, you're in the coaching world now. I feel like everybody's a coach. And I think that they're just because you can do something doesn't mean that you are good at it mm-hmm. or that you're the best fit for everybody right? right um you know just like every good business person identifies an avatar right and you personally as an athlete may not fit a certain coach that you like you may not fit their 100%. avatar or that coach's business may not fit you as as you know their avatar right mm-hmm. so um because you don't want to hire like somebody who's like super big into bodybuilding and it's like, Hey, by the way, uh, we're going to start some D ball. We're going to run some Anavar. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you need to get on some Whoa. super subs before you get on stage. And you're Fire. like, no, yeah. You're like, no, that's not my thing. Right. It's yeah. going to be more of like, you know, I know that you want to do it for more of like a personal satisfaction type of deal. But the yeah. other thing that I thought was really great that you said too, was you said that, uh, my legs will always be big and there's nothing I can do to change that. And I think that, um, you know, if we circle back to what CrossFit did, CrossFit celebrated what our body can do rather than what our body looks like. So yeah. now not only are you transitioning out of training for sport, but training for a physique or a certain look, mm-hmm. um, you're also not trying to fit a like square peg into a round hole. Like you're, you're not sitting there saying like, well, you know what? I really want to do bikini and 
force my body to look a certain way or I'm going to do something radical because I have to make it work for this. Yeah. You are you sat there and you said, well, wellness is a great category for me because, you know, above and below, I'm not a good fit. But this is kind of like the third little bear. This is like just the right one. Yeah. And I think that was really solid advice. And um, I think a lot of people need to hear that because I think that a lot of times people look at social media, they look at the internet and they start to look and they're like, I want to look like that or I want to be like this. And it's like, are you able to, number one? And number two, like, should you, right? And I think that not enough people ask that. Like, there are plenty of people that I would love to be able to look like or be able to move like or perform like, but it may not be in the cards for me and that's 100% okay, right? Well, there's that and there's... Like, I have a lot of clients that I've gotten that are be like, what do I got to do to look like you? And I'll just look at them and be like, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know what this requires? Because I have years in this. This didn't happen in 30 days. This didn't even happen in 90 days. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to get here without X, Y, and Z. This is what it's going to take. And they're like, oh, that's hard. It's like, so you're asking the wrong question. You're asking how you can look like me when you should be asking what it took to look like me or what it takes to look like this thing you want to look like and then answer do you want to put in that kind of work and if the answer is no then you need to change what your desire is because you're going to sit here all the time and hit that wall of like I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it and that's that's the problem like all these people are looking at the internet and Instagram models one there's filters two <laughs> You're not ever going to see, and now people are trying to be better about posting like the bad side of things and the realness trying to be real. But at the same time, like people don't realize the amount of freaking work it takes to look like someone doing wellness, to look like someone doing bikini, to make it to the CrossFit games, to compete. Like, but the second they see it and it gives them that feeling of like, oh, I want that. Or they see it on Instagram. Oh, I want to be able to do that. And then you tell them what it takes and they're like, yeah, just kidding. Netflix and chill. Let's go. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that's, it's terrible because you can honestly make yourself look like a bodybuilder. I'm sure on Instagram or TikTok, if you hit a button, I'm sure it's out there. Please. They had the AI thing. Remember that where they, everybody turned into a superhero. Did they? I'm sure. I'm sure that they have something where it's like, turn uh, me into a like fitness superhero. I think it's funny because somebody came up to me uh, the other week at the gym and I had a tank top on. And they're like, dude, your traps are huge. How yeah. do I get big traps? And I yeah. told them, I said, I played rugby for 10 years. Like yeah. I train traps because if I'm going up against somebody in a ruck or a mall or a scrum, if I don't, my big traps help to save and protect my neck. So yeah. it wasn't to look cool and to look like a wrestler. <laughs> it was literally because I had to hit somebody as hard as I could in a ruck and yeah. not get decapitated yeah. and they're like oh and i think they were expecting me to say like oh i do like three sets of 10 shrugs yep. and i come over here and i go to the smith machine i do like a suitcase shrug and it's like no bro like this is i train shrug for 90 times for the next 90 days correct walk around <laughs> looking like a mutant like absolutely not and um i think you're exactly right and you know it's funny because so you said coaches need coaches too and i'm not a coach but um, I hired a coach of my own when my I, my hormones crashed and yeah. I ran into a whole host of health issues as well. Um, and so I hired a coach and it was interesting because he was asking me what my goals were. And 
at first I was like, oh, I want to look like C-Bomb. You know, I want to look like this like pro bodybuilder, knowing mm-hmm. that it was not going to happen. This coach that I hired is an IFBB bodybuilding pro and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so I was kind of like half joking. And he's like, bro, you're never going to look like C-Bomb. So let's go ahead and let's cross that out. Like he didn't even like he said that to me. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. And he's like, I'm just being real with you. So he's like, what's a realistic goal that you have? And I said, well, I just want to like unfat myself. And I want to yeah. feel confident in the way that my body looks and the way that my body performs. And he was like, oh, okay, we can absolutely do that. And we just kind of worked backwards. You got to respect that, though, because most coaches will tell you or people just trying to make money. I'll tell you, yeah, let's do this, this and this. And they'll sell you their program to just keep you hanging on for that three month contract. And then when you don't get it, they'll just let you bleed out and mm-hmm. then say, oh, well, this is what you did wrong. And this and this and this. And it's like. People are selling a fake reality. Like mm-hmm. I just walked in the mall the other day and it said lose 30 pounds in 30 days. How? And I was like, gastric bypass. I just, yeah, I just want to know <laughs> what kind of liquid did you put in their diet to digest it all? And then how long did they sit in the sauna for? And that's why I made that post on fat loss and weight loss. Yes. So can you, can you dive into that? Because I think that that is such an underrated concept. And when I saw that on your Instagram, I was like, I really want you to talk about this on the podcast. So Tell us a little bit about the difference between weight loss and fat loss, because I think people get so wrapped up in the scale for some valuable data and then some arbitrary data. So just help us dissect that a little bit. So ultimately, the scale is a measurement. It's one measurement out of you. For my clients, I have them take photos. I have them take measurements on with a tape. I have them do the scale and I have them do the clothes fit. So. There's four measurements that they send me every week. The scale is my least important one because one, you can adjust a scale by weight by just, like I said, go sit in the sauna for 20 minutes. You will drop like four pounds depending on how hot that sauna is. That is weight. That is not fat loss. In order to lose fat, it requires consistency with your nutrition, consistency with your workouts, consistency with like your daily habits, like Someone wanted me to do a post on a deficit and all that and like what it requires to lose fat, not just weight. And I was like, there's so much that goes into that. Um, But all these people are selling like you want to lose 10 pounds. Like I have a coach and I'm supposed to put out a challenge. Who wants to lose 10 or two to 10 (laughs) pounds in the next 14 days? And I'm I'm fighting it because I know it can happen. But I also know that's a trick, right? I know it's a trick to say you lost this many pounds, but people are so stuck on the freaking scale that they're like, hey, you just lost six pounds, but you don't look any different. Why is that? Because you had a really good digestion morning that morning and you didn't eat till lunch. Like, so you starved yourself. You had a good digestive thing and now you lost four pounds or something like that. Like that's weight loss. You don't look any different. You shouldn't feel any different. But the thing is, too, when people see that scale and they see four pounds gone, somehow their brain tells them you're doing good. This is good. And that's what causes like eating disorders, too. Like, hey, when I don't eat, I lose weight here. And then they'll do that roller coaster thing of not eat. And then they'll be hungry and they'll eat a ton of food and then they won't eat. And then it's like a roller coaster of up and down and all around. And so that is the difference. Like that is the biggest thing. Weight loss. Fat loss. Fat loss is consistency with, you can't fake it. Consistency with workout and diet over time. You can't remove the time thing. 30 days, 30 pounds, impossible to lose that much fat in 30 days. Impossible, literally impossible. 
Is it possible to lose 30 pounds of weight in 30 days? Not healthy, but yes, it's possible. Mm-hmm. So the, it's just, it's marketing. Of course. Genius. And not only that, but it's like, you know, if, if I were to go, if, if I were to compete in something that needed a weight class, like an Olympic weightlifting competition, uh, a physique competition where they have uh, bodybuilding has weight classes, and I were to diet down to make my, I'm 210 right now. And if I were to diet down to like 190 to get to that weight class, I would look flat. I would look, um, I would feel miserable. My Mm. workouts would be absolute garbage, right? Mm. And I wouldn't be able to sustain that because the brain fog, the mental fatigue, so many things, it's not even sustainable. So it's like, even when you see the people on Instagram, on stage, on a photo shoot, they are in a temporary state of like, close to quote unquote perfection, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a temporary state. They don't live there. They touch it and then they come out of it, right? Yeah. And I mean, unless you're on super sups or some really good drugs, it's very hard for you to maintain that look 365 days a year and feel good. And you wouldn't want to. And it's like, it's almost like uh, you have to kind of meet your body where it's at. And, you know, if you're like, I'm naturally just a thick boy, like there is no way around it. And it's like, I'm not going to force myself to look like a cross country runner if I, if that's not, it's not in the cards and it's like, it doesn't matter. I guess the question is, why would you want to look like something if you feel like absolute ass doing it? Correct. And I like, like, is it so what you can go to the beach and not feel self-conscious or to like, I mean, if you had a photo shoot and you're a fitness model, like I get that because that's a source of income. But I'm going to say that the majority of the people that listen to this podcast and the majority of people that work with you, they may not fall into that category. May have a couple people, but I mean... I don't, I know that there are a lot of patients of ours who do not get paid to look a certain way. So it's like, why, why put yourself through that? Uh, I guess ultimately, like the question I like to ask my clients is let's pretend nobody's watching you. Nobody is watching you. You're all by yourself. What's wrong with you? Like, what is it that you want? What is it that you're looking at that is so flawed about you? And most of them are like, I don't know. And it's like, what do you mean you don't know? So why are you in here? Like, why are you talking? Why are we having this conversation? Well, I just, I just want to look fit. For who? For me. Okay. Um, so let's talk about that deeper. You don't think you're fit now? Well, I don't have this. And I was like, who, who's told you this? Like, what is this for? And ultimately, it's most people want to be fit so other people can think they're fit. Yeah. Or look fit. And it's like, well, so what have you been doing? Well, I do intermittent fasting. Okay, so do you realize your body cannot digest or use the protein that you feed it in for a four hour window? Like you can only process 50 grams of protein within a two hour window. And you're telling me you're eating for four hours and I need you at 140 grams of protein. That's not possible. So like, let's talk about what's going on here. And like they'll put themselves through this like terrible diet situation just for like an outside like, look at me, look what I'm doing. And it's like, but you feel like trash. Like, who are you doing this for? You or them? And it's like, most people are doing it for somebody else. Everything that they're doing is for somebody else. And it's like, once they realize, like, no, you need to do this for you. Like, when you wake up in the morning and you hit the snooze button, you're the one that's impacted. Everyone else around you does not care about you. They do not go home and talk about how fit you are. Even if you're like a ball and you get like a five second conversation. And trust me, it's not going to change your life. Like, just because Susie thinks you're fit. You're not going to make a million dollars tomorrow. I'm sorry. That's not how the world works. Like you need to do what you do in life for you. 
and because it's what you love to do and it's because of what you want for you. Like, I just wish everyone would stop doing everything for the gram or for yeah. social media or for the eyes. It's like all these people that are complete strangers to you that you care so much about are not going to remember you when you die. They're not even going to remember you tomorrow. Like, let's face it. They don't care. So why do you care about them? Well, and take it one step further. If you feel like shit to impress these people that you want, that you don't know, and because you feel like shit, you're a worse husband, significant other, a worse leader in your profession, a worse business owner. Like you are now doing a disservice for what these like five seconds that your name gets whispered. Like that's kind of a shitty reason, you know, like you're, I think people, I wish you kind of said it in so many words, but I wish people would realize the impact that they have on the world and the people around them goes beyond their physique. Like, I think that, yes, it's super cool to look fit and all that stuff, but your impact has more to do with how you treat other people and how you treat yourself than it does with how you look in the mirror. And I think, I wish more people... Well, how you look in the mirror is how you look in the mirror other people like so how you feel about yourself is how you're going to perceive other people so like a foil character where it's like just a reflection of your own beliefs so if you look in the mirror and call yourself a piece of crap like you will probably go out and treat people like a piece of crap that's true too yeah exactly and it's like these are all these are all not good things right like these are these are kind of the exact opposite of, of what we're looking for and it's funny because when you do you were talking about weight loss versus fat loss. So to bring mm-hmm. it full circle, when you do fat loss the right way, you don't feel like crap because mm-hmm. you may or may not have some weight loss. I mean, that's inevitable, right? Yeah. You know, fat weighs, obviously weighs something. If you yeah. lose it, you're going to lose weight. But if you build muscle on top of that, you the scale may break even or it may be off by, yeah. you know, a certain percentage. Totally cool. Your physique's going to change and your performance is going to get better. Your energy is probably going to get better because you don't have to carry around all that extra fat. Mm-hmm. And then now you kind of have more energy and you're just just with it. You're vibrating at a at a higher frequency, right? And um I think that that's going to be more valuable than like, you know, what the scale says. So and that's the other thing you mentioned and I totally forgot, muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat. Exactly. So like when you're lifting and you're getting stronger and you're getting fit, like these girls are afraid to get bulky. <laughs> That's my favorite. You know like, how much work that would take yeah. to get bulky? Like, do you know how many guys are trying to like put on muscle? And it's like if they can't do it and they've got like twice the testosterone yeah. flowing through their system, like there's no way. But yeah, when you get muscle, you get you weigh more. But it doesn't mean you didn't still lose fat. So Yeah, exactly. And I think uh yeah, I think that the I think you touched on a good point too, which is people's mindset. And I think that um, you know, when you work with the general public or just general public and even taking it one step further with active individuals. I think that they, we work with a lot of people too in our practice that are real go-getters. They have goals. They, um, they have certain aspirations, certain levels that they want to unlock. And I think part of it is having these sort of real conversations with them and to be able to do that in a professional manner. Um, what kind of things have you done if somebody gives you a little bit of some pushback where, um, if they say, if you say like, well, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about the scale. And they're like, well, no, Kayla, you don't understand when I weigh 150, this, these are all the great things that happened to me. And right now I'm 155. And it's like, until I get to this magic number, like I just can't. Right. And they, they're, or they're so fixated where it's like, well, my goal while working with you was to drop 
15 pounds and we've dropped 12 pounds. How do we get over these last three pounds? Like, what do you do to counter people who have these either arbitrary or just what they consider really deep rooted values uh, in them that may be a little bit off? What do you do to, to counter that or to redirect them? Honestly, I, I let them answer it for themselves. I ask them the better questions like, so, okay. So what you wanted to lose 15 pounds and we're only at 12. What is it about those three extra pounds that's going to make this difference for you? Like, does that change the way your life goes? Does that change the way you operate? Is it going to change your, like, what is it going to change? And then if there's somebody that is so fixated on the scale, like, no, the scale really does matter to me. Um, honestly, like that is when I hone in on the photos and the tape measure and whatever. And I mean, for those people, I'm not going to lie. I'm even harder on them because typically when they focus on that number and that one measurement is because they're not doing the work that it requires to bring that number down. And that number can be, that number can be messed with. Like, obviously, like I said, the sauna, the whatever you want to do to lose weight, not fat. Um, that number can be adjusted, determining certain things like that. Whereas like, okay, I'll be like, pull out the tape. Are we inches down? Let's look through your food logs. Let's look through this. Are you doing X, Y, and Z? And if they are, sometimes they are, and it just doesn't move. Then it's a come to of like, wow, well, I've been doing all the things right. Like this, this isn't moved. My inches are going down. All this is working out. Like then it is what it is. But if we go through it and we find, oh, we had ice cream or we had this and we had this and this and this and the scale went down this day because I decided to spend 20 minutes in the sauna and they'll they'll get wrapped around that number and everything else won't matter. And so that's when you actually start to find the flaws in the plan because they're not confident in what they have already done. That is typically when people are like, oh, it's your fault. It's like, <laughs> okay, um, I understand it's easier to point the finger rather than take ownership. Sure. So let me, t let me walk you through it and ask you questions and let you see what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you and you're going you're gonna to figure it out in your own head. The thing is people don't like to be told they're wrong. And that's one thing I've learned hard with coaching is there's two types of coaches. There's ones that can sit there and tell you you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And then they never really learn how to fix it or like what they did wrong or what that looks like. They're just coaches will be like, well, you did this wrong this week. Next week, do better. Me, I've learned that you literally have to break it down because you have to find out what's going on behind the emotion of when they did something wrong. And that's typically like, why did you choose to eat out six times this week or four times this week and choose this meal? Like what, what is, what is beyond this? Are we are we pulling too hard on you to where you're binging? Is it like, this is too stressful? Like, what are you, are you doing things based off of emotions rather than consistency? Like we just break it down more. And with coaching, you learn the more that you can get them to answer their own problem, the better off you are than telling them what their problem is, because then they never learn how to solve it on their own. Exactly. And I think, you know, you, you do such a good job of demonstrating value to somebody, right? Rather than just having them be a blind foot soldier and doing marching orders, right? Like, yeah. it's almost like uh, teach a man to fish, right? Instead of yeah. just give a man a fish, right? And I think that like, you do a really good job of that, because you are looking at the whole picture. And I think the other thing too, that 
uh, your coaching style really fits and, and resonates with is striking a balance. You know, sometimes you work with the uh, maybe a nutrition coach or a fitness coach and it's all or nothing. It's very mm -hmm. black or white. You either blindly follow what I do in this box or you fail and mm -hmm. there is no middle ground. Your personal coaching style is so good at saying like, hey, or you made a post about this. Like, hey, you want to have a donut? Have a donut. You want to do like eat out? Eat out. But figure out why, like you said, figure out why you're doing it. It's not going to kill you if you do it once because it's a reward mechanism. It's a moderation thing. It's a whatever thing. Mm -hmm. But I think you do a really good job of meeting people where they're at rather than forcing them to fit into this box. Well, you'll you'll be surprised. Many people won't start nutrition because they'll be like, well, I still want to eat out. And it's like, how many times do you eat out a week? Twice. So you're going to tell me how many meals do you have a day? <laughs> six, five, typically five or six is what most people do with their snack and breakfast, lunch and dinner. Okay. So you're going to tell me two meals, five times seven, 35, 35. 35. You're going to tell me two. So out of 33 meals, two of them you're going to eat out are going to be why you can't reach your goals. But they'll get fixated on well, because I couldn't measure it because it wasn't accurate. It wasn't fully there. And they'll fixate on that all or nothing mindset and they won't do it at all. And it's like, you are your own problem. Like, I'm so sorry that you can't just separate yourself from that. And it's like, everybody wants it all. The thing with the donut and you can have all that stuff. You just, and this is what these programs are selling. You can have donuts, you can have cake, you can have burgers, but they're not telling you there's a cost. If you have a donut, that probably means you got to have a lighter carb breakfast or dinner because there's a ton of carbs and fat in donuts. So you'll have to make it work with all the food your day. Is it impossible? No. Does it make it more complicated? Yes. Should you plan that out and not do it off of impulse? 100%. Like that's the other thing is like, well, what if I just randomly want it? And I, I go against that because I'm impulsive. Like if I start to give into like, I just really feel like eating a donut right now. Feel versus consistency like I'll go off the rails because I doing things based off of feeling versus off of like what is right for now so I know I like ice cream love it I plan it like I am if I feel like it Thursday nights I take them to sweet frog and spend too much money <laughs> and get froyo with them like it's planned it's not impulse like the second you can learn to stop making decisions based off of feelings the second you'll be able to control your life 100%. way more. hundred percent. And I think that, you know, so how do you, how do you mitigate this? Well, first of all, you nailed, you nailed that because I think there are so many people that are like instant gratification. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays a lot into our sort of impulsive behavior yeah. um, for your personal business. Do you offer like a free coaches call discovery call, or let's say that somebody's Somebody reaches out to you and they're like, hey, I'm not sure whether or not I'm ready to commit to working with you. Like, yeah. how, how do you mitigate that? It's free. So when they first talk to me, it's free. Honestly, I would say 50% of coaching is the relationship that you're able to have with a person on the other line. If you're not vibing on that phone call, you ain't working. Like, and that's why finding a coach is like dating. It's like, if I talk to you and you give me that feeling of like, I believe in myself, I can do it. And like, I can also feel your energy on the other line that you really want this. And you're not just looking for someone you can complain to then right on. Let's go. Like, but ultimately you get a free consultation call. I have multiple different like 
programs where they do a meal plan. They can just do macros. They can do just the fitness portion of it. But I strongly advise nutrition with the fitness. Um, The foundation is key. If with everyone nutrition, if your nutrition is off, you're, you're done. Like it doesn't matter. You can work out as much as you want. You can't outwork a bad diet. So, um, yeah, it's literally a call. See if we work, give them the information, learn about them, try to figure out what they're really looking for and then see if we're a good fit. But honestly, I've had to turn down clients because you'll get calls of people that'll just tell you what they want and then you'll tell them what it takes. Like I said earlier, they'll, they'll, they'll already have pushback and it's like, I'm not sure this is a good fit for you or what you really want right now. Um, because I don't ask for like, high end, like never eat out. Now I don't ask for big things like that, but when you tell them, Oh, I don't want to track my food. What do you mean? You don't want to track food. How am I supposed to know what you eat? Well, I could just send you pictures of my meals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that works for a certain amount of time, but like, we're really trying to dial in here. If this is what this is, I want to lose 20 pounds, but I don't want to track my food. Right. Like things like that. And it's like, I get not wanting to track. Okay. So we moved a meal plan. Oh, well, I don't want to have to grocery shop. I want to just be able to, you know, eat out. Yeah. <laughs> so it, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, that that's a perfect case where you just can't meet them where they're at, yeah. right? It's like, and and you know what? I think, I think you bring up a good point that when you turn down a customer, a client, a patient, mm-hmm. it's not that you're doing it because you, uh, you, you think that you're better than them. You're doing it because it's like, this is not going to be a good fit. We're going to both of us are going to have a bad experience, right? Yeah. Even if you were to bring on the person who who wants to send you pictures of their plate, like mm-hmm. you're going to have a bad time coaching them and then it's going to rub off on them having a bad experience. It's better to just not start. And I think that's the sign of a mature business owner. That's a sign of a mature coach. We've had to do that with our practice too. And it's like, sometimes you can't make it work and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You can refer to somebody else that they, that they may be a better fit for. And that's totally fine. You don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. You were talking about it for your own self, right? For when you start this coaching uh, to hire a coach for the wellness competition. Well, right? I mean, you know, in business, yeah. if you fail or you have clients that fail or don't achieve wellness or whatever you give them. And like me, you fix my shoulder, you fix my back. It felt great afterwards. If I had a different outcome and you know, that's, that's people saying like, they would blame the person because they're spending money on you to fix their problems, except for they're not willing to actually do the work to fix them. They're hoping the money will fix it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you know to turn it down because it's a reflection of you. Correct. Um, and because you and I both take a lot of pride in what we do. We both take a lot of responsibility yeah. in our patients and our clients. Right. And so if our clients don't succeed, we don't succeed. Yeah. And I, and it is. And I think that's why it's important to find a good person, right? And because then when we do get people that are a good fit for each other's businesses, it works beautifully, right? Mm -hmm. And people have a great time. We enjoy it. We get a lot of work satisfaction as well because a lot of our satisfaction is derived from being able to help people, right? And I think that's that's the sign of a mature business owner. I was going to say businessman, but businesswoman, right? (laughs) Nope, that's my husband. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, Kayla, as we start to think about wrapping this up, because that was all awesome stuff. Um, let's say somebody is listening to this and they're like, man, that really resonates with me. I really want to get in touch with Kayla because she sounds like a badass to work with. How do people get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you? 
You just find me. You can either go to peaknutritionandfitness.com or you can go to Kayla Comparetto on Instagram and you'll get straight to me. Either way, I'm on both. Perfect. And we'll link uh, both of those in our show notes so people can absolutely reach out to you as well. And uh, yeah, I've just, I'm going to put a personal plug in. I've known Kayla for a long time now. She is one of my favorite people and she is just a badass. And she pushes other people to be the best version of themselves. She does not imprint what she wants on other people. She pushes you to live up to your potential. And that's what I've always admired about you because even when you have side conversations with me, you're like, hey, I know you can do better, so do better. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that lights the biggest fire under my ass because you're not even telling me what to do. It's like, I know you can do better. And I'm like, well, shit. So thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, thanks, Kayla, so much for coming aboard for round two and potentially round three in the future. You're so kind. Thank you. This is fun. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.